On this episode of Take Talks Business, I speak with Michael Fowler, First Vice President Investments with Even Keel Wealth Advisors of Raymond James and Associates. Mike, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners of Take Talks Business. Yeah, Take, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And always good to see you and certainly here in our new office overlooking yeah. the harbor and Nauticus and all that. And uh, happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, nice way to start the holiday season. Um, so for our listeners who, who may not know as much about you and, and even Keel, can you give a little bit of an overview about um, your professional career and kind of how that has led to uh, where we are now with even Keel um, and Remy James? Okay, well, all right, well, thanks for asking. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'm an ODU guy, so I finished my undergraduate degree in 1994. Go Monarchs. Yeah, go Monarchs. And uh, I've remained very active with the school in many different ways. Uh, but after graduation, I uh, was having a hard time finding a job being a marketing major. <laughs> and um, uh, as much as I love marketing, uh, the jobs were not real plentiful back in 1994 or 1995. <clears throat> so I was able to. Uh, get a full-time job outside of the restaurant industry working for a company called Mystic Springwaters. Oh, yeah. So if you remember Snapple, because Snapple uh, is still involved in, in, in business, where yeah. Mystic is not, at least I don't think they are. Okay. Uh, I had a local distributor called Brody Cantor, and they were a okay. wine distributor, and they opened up a new, uh, a new beverage uh, category called Flavored Springwaters. And uh, so Mystic was my brand. Uh, okay. So I worked for Mystic, but I had a local distribution team that I was working with and implementing corporate marketing plans in Hampton Roads and eventually took oh, over nice. the Richmond market as well. Nice. Uh, within, I'd say, probably two years, I realized that I really did not belong in beverage sales. <clears throat> uh, I really loved working with people. Yeah. Uh, but I had this thing called a 401k, and I didn't really know what mutual funds were. And I knew that I was active in my 401k, but just really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and I got interested in banking and financial services, and I was one of the first employees hired in Virginia by a little bank called Centura Bank, C-E-N-T-U-R-A yes. yeah. Bank, out of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Uh, they came into the marketplace, and they were sort of a pioneer of the in-store concept. So okay. you think of uh, Harris Teeter or Fresh Market, or you know, sometimes they have these in-stores, there are the banks are leasing space inside the store. They're not building brick and mortar branches. So for yeah. them, that was their strategy to come into a new market. And I was cross-trained to do everything from open new accounts, sell credit cards, open savings accounts, CDs. But primarily, I was going out into the aisles, meeting people and passing out trinkets and balloons and getting people <laughs> to open new accounts. So that was my first foray into financial services. Oh, wow. Uh, quickly realized that uh, I really enjoyed the investment part of giving advice. Yeah. And they didn't really have a client base for me to be able to work with. Okay. They were brand new to the market, so they didn't yeah. have a sizable deposit base. Uh, gotcha. So I migrated over to Crestar Bank, uh, and they were kind enough to get me fully licensed uh, oh, wow. to be a full broker, if you will. Yeah. So whether it was selling stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, or annuities, uh, I was fully licensed to be able to do that. Gotcha. Uh, realized that I really enjoyed working with the commercial relationship managers at Crestar, which eventually became SunTrust. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. That was through another merger. I think that was back in 2001. Gotcha. Uh, and 2003 rolled around, and I was uh, given an opportunity to move over to Bank of America for the same role, which is being a preferred financial advisor. Okay. To work with the commercial relationship managers when their businesses or business owners needed financial advice. So whether that means implementing a 401k plan, a defined benefit plan, uh, wealth management needs, estate planning, investment planning, retirement gotcha. planning for the people or the executives that run those companies, okay, that was an opportunity for me to go over to B of A to be that person gotcha. in this market. Okay. Uh, in 2009, if you remember, the world kind of turned upside down that summer <laughs> of 2008. I do. And, uh, and Bank of America ended up acquiring Merrill Lynch. Okay. And Wells Fargo acquired Wachovia. Yep. And I believe JP Morgan acquired Bear Stearns and Washington Mutual. And uh, that summer, Lehman Brothers was let go, which started that whole black hole called the financial markets were yeah. kind of frozen. Yeah. <clears throat> In any case, so uh, we transitioned over to the Merrill Lynch platform. Okay. And uh, we took care of our clients there until we decided to leave. Uh, and I say we because I joined with my partners back in 2012. Okay. And it became apparent that the expectations of clients, of people who were consuming financial advice, uh, felt like working with a team with additional expertise. The idea that one person couldn't be everything for their clients anymore. Yeah. Right? It was a it was a day more of giving advice as opposed to pitching product, and to have a deep level experience when you're advising people in all phases of their lives, whether it's you know the wealth accumulation phase, preparing for retirement, or they're already retired and preparing for longevity and senior issues. Uh, you know, you couldn't be the person that's handling the investments, handling the transition to senior care. Uh, couldn't be the person who's doing the mortgages and the credit cards. It really takes a team of people to offer high level of service, and that's what we're trying to do at Even Keel Wealth Management. Gotcha. Excuse okay. me, Even Keel Wealth Advisors. Uh, so we transitioned out of Merrill Lynch back in 2019 okay. after doing some extensive research on the various firms that we thought we could take the best care of our clients at. Yeah. And Raymond James was uh, in the market already. However, they had a corporate office out of Virginia Beach oh, in the, okay. in the uh, Gold Key uh, office oh, building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we opened a second location in 2016 in the Town Center location in the Mata Hoffler building. Yeah. And we were looking to establish a third corporate office here in right in downtown Norfolk. And we were sort of a Norfolk-based team, so yeah. we made a lot of sense to them. And it was a firm that we thought really highly of, the people that worked there we already knew. It was uh, an institution that really kind of values the relationship between advisor and their clients. Gotcha. Uh, and we just thought we wanted to take care of our clients in a, in a way, in an area that's not affiliated with a larger bank. Gotcha, gotcha. And, uh, and being here in downtown Norfolk and the scene or the view that we have overlooking the port and we're a maritime industry, we thought a brand that had to do with maritime would be something that we'd be interested in. So they gave us full autonomy to come up with their own story. And nice. uh, Even Kill made a lot of sense to us because Even Kill, as you know, stabilizes a, a sailing vessel or a boat. Yeah. Uh, we like to think we do the same for our clients. We provide them clarity, some uh, balance, and confidence to face their financial future. That's cool. Being an entrepreneur, as you, you and your team kind of have broken out and kind of gone on your own. I mean, granted, there's the affiliation with Raymond James, but I mean, um, 
for those of, of us who've gotten to know you, I mean, it's almost as if you've gone out and started your own business. So what was that like? I mean, is it something you've always wanted to do? Was it something you just kind of figured out along the way that, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to kind of be on my own? I mean, how did that develop over the years? Well, uh, I think part of it had to do with me uh, feeling comfortable working with commercial banking relationship managers. Gotcha. And when you feel about, you know, who they advise and who they bank and who they serve are business owners. Yeah. Uh, business owners, by the very nature, tend to be entrepreneurial. Uh, yeah. They put a lot of risk on the table and they thrive at it. Uh, and for a lot of hard work, they hopefully, you know, have profits at the end of the day and build some... <laughs> some net worth that makes their life a little bit more comfortable and they in turn also support a lot of philanthropic yeah. causes and, and uh, you know, going back to the chamber, you know, looking out my this window is, all I see is commerce. I see yeah. barges going up and down the river. I see cruise vessels. I see uh, boats carrying things and exports, imports. So to me, it was just being part of that thriving sort of commerce uh, environment we wanted to be surrounded with. Yeah. And, and but in terms of the even keel name, again, it kind of goes back to providing our clients level of uh, comfort when things are kind of rocky, and we've had a lot of that this year with COVID. And yeah. but the you know the economy goes in cycles. There's good years and bad years, and we realize that sometimes it takes a little bit of handholding to get people from one side to the other. Yeah. Uh, and we've been very mindful in trying to be less of a transaction oriented team and offering holistic, comprehensive wealth management. Yeah. Uh, you know, generally uh, we're advising clients in a lot of different ways, but at the end of the day is understanding what goals they have for their wealth. Yeah. And if it's for retirement, then we need to make sure that our portfolios are in alignment with not only their risk tolerance, but also in alignment with their goals they have for the future gotcha. and keeping them on track, keeping them on an even keel, if you will. So that yeah. was the significance of the name. Um, uh, and again, why Raymond James? Uh, I mean, we did about six months of due diligence on yeah. all the different firms. I won't name them all, <laughs> uh, but I'll say that we kept bumping into Raymond James. Yeah. And Raymond James has a couple of different silos, all right? Okay. So they have an independent channel where it could be an investment advisor, um, and they're not really doing anything else but okay. managing portfolios. Yeah. And they're utilizing Raymond James as the custodian of their assets and providing okay. the statements and the technology. Uh, it also has a financial institutions division where you might have a community bank that offers wealth oh, management. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a few of them in this market, but okay. they're not scalable enough to offer full wealth management capabilities. Gotcha. Uh, like Raymond James does with his research and again, the statements in technology and financial planning software. So they'll third party that relationship with a company like Raymond James. Uh, okay. Um, and then there's the corporate division, which is where we are. Uh, so we're branded differently. Uh, we're W-2 employees, uh, but they allow us to run our practice as if we were truly an independent from the firm itself. Gotcha. Uh, so that's where the branding comes in. But in terms of having access to, uh, I'd say, first in quality technology, uh, investment platform, uh, and mainly just the culture that, again, respects the relationship between a, an advisor and their clients. Gotcha. And that's how we can ended up at Raymond James. That's great. So you have the that that entrepreneurial spirit with your team, but still have a lot of that support that helps on the back end so you can best serve who you're working with. Yeah, so I'd say if you're a financial advisor or a team of advisors like yeah. us, you have to be entrepreneurial because 
you're generally not working for a salary or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you're out there, you're you know hitting the street and you're, <laughs> you're shaking bushes and re starting relationships with people and yeah. talk a little bit about community involvement and what that means to me and I've been fortunate to kind of marry the two. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we run this practice like a business. We have a very robust budget that we work with every year, begin the year. Yeah. We work that into our business plan, our marketing plan. Um, you know, we have very robust processes in terms of constructing our investment portfolios, making sure they're in alignment with risk tolerances and future financial goals. Gotcha. We have a very strict process about onboarding clients and then servicing them with white glove service. Gotcha. So everything's about a process these days. And, and the idea of uh, a team, you know, everyone has different roles that they play on our team. Yeah. And we all kind of complement each other. It's uh, the idea of you don't want one plus one plus one to equal four <laughs> and creating some synergy and making yeah. sure there's no duplication of efforts. Yeah. And, uh, and I could talk more about that if you'd yeah, like to. Yeah, please. Some point. I mean, I, we were going to get into that a little bit as far as kind of how that team structured. Because when you and I have talked in the past, that was something I really liked about how that 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 handoff kind of takes place between the the your team members so can you talk a little bit about kind of who that team is and how that that kind of functions or how that cycle takes place sure i'd be glad to thanks um so we're a team of five people okay. uh that number probably will be changing here in the very near future i'll share some ideas that i have for our particular uh practice but about the landscape of getting financial advice Gotcha. Uh, so we're a team of five, three of which are financial advisors. Okay. Um, uh, so myself, uh, Jennifer Anders, and Wayne Kreef. Uh, we'll talk about our specific roles in just a second. Then we have a support staff of two. Okay. So our senior client associate is Karen White. Okay. Diane Nolette. She's been with us for about four years, and she's sort of a part-timer. She's in okay. here Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And uh, so we're just five people that are passionate about helping people yeah. and uh, just taking care of them through good times and bad. Uh, I handle a lot of our firm's research and how we implement that into our client portfolios. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Anders helps me with that process quite a okay. bit as well, so we work hand in hand. Uh, to make it very simplistic, uh, we do offer full wealth management needs. We do a lot of private banking. Okay. Uh, while we're not owned by a bank, we own a bank, and that oh, bank okay. has one branch down at our headquarters in St. Petersburg, Florida. Gotcha. So it's more virtual banking. You know, these days, yeah. banking centers aren't necessarily needed as much, uh, and we're able to provide world-class experiences with mortgages and credit cards and banking. Oh, so okay. that's sort of integrated into what we do here in this private office. So we think yeah. of ourselves as a private family office for the families that we work with. Gotcha. Uh, so it's like, you know, the old days, the, the banker knew your name and you knew your banker. Well, that's yeah. sort of the way it is now, but it's just done in a in a, uh, a comprehensive wealth management office, gotcha. not just a banking okay. center. Okay. Uh, and Jennifer, I'll just say Jennifer is a financial planner, just like I am, we're both CFPs. Okay. Uh, but she really enjoys the process of sitting down with clients and really understanding what their future goals are for their wealth, you gotcha. know, when they want to retire. Yeah. Do they want to make sure their kids' college expenses are covered? Yeah. Do you want to create a legacy for grandchildren? Do you want to leave a certain legacy for their alma mater? You know, so everyone's different, everyone's unique, but it's our job to get to know who our clients are and what's important to them. Yeah. And so Jennifer has a process she takes them through. It's called Even Keel Retire Ready. Okay. And it's just our process about making sure that we can tell our clients based on what their goals are, what their future needs are, what, what the resources they have now, 
and what can happen between now and then. Are they on track to meet their goals? Gotcha. We can say, yes, you are, or no, you're not. We got some work to do, right? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, she sort of preps our clients for retirement. Okay. All right. Then we have another process for our clients who are retired already. It's called Even Keel Retired Already. Okay. And Wayne Kreef is the advisor on our team that is best suited to talk to our clients about Medicare planning, healthcare uh, budgeting, okay. long-term care, different sort of facilities, uh, yeah. social security optimization, uh, coming up with an income distribution strategy that's most tax efficient for meeting their retirement needs. Okay. So while Jennifer preps them for retirement, Wayne preps them for getting sort of out of like newly retired into senior longevity sort of issues. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So the three of us play off of each other quite well uh, and we have an extended team of other partners at our disposal. Okay. If we need uh, help in our you know offering estate administration or uh, you know, future successor trustee sort of services, then we yeah. can do that through our trust area. Oh, okay. Uh, we have mortgage consultants and, and, and bankers that kind of uh, expedite the things that our clients need from a from a private banking sort of yeah. scenario. Yeah, that's great. So it really is a, a team effort all the way through, even, even with a, a group that, that's, in this case, just the five of you. If we get back together with, with you and the team here with even Keel, say in 10 years, do you see parts of that dynamic changing at all uh, as we move forward and how how we interact? I mean, people assume because of COVID that certain things are changing already, but are there things that we're maybe most people don't necessarily see that you kind of project going forward? Yeah, I do. Um, as far as COVID is concerned, uh, clearly there are going to be some differences that are more permanent in nature. Yeah. Uh, I hope that uh, people will still enjoy being around other people, being social, uh, yeah. whether they choose to work from home or not. I think it's going to be uh, one that is going to be much more flexible moving forward yeah. uh, when employers uh, offer you know their employees that opportunity to do that. Uh, but in terms of sort of uh, advice and customer service, uh, you know, I think sort of when the internet first came out a couple of decades ago, yeah. uh, it was going to be the the uh, the greatest thing that ever happened, right? Everyone's going to have access to information. Everything's yeah. going to be transparent. Uh, I'm all about information. I'm all about being transparent. Um, but really, when you think about information and you get parts of information from this channel and <laughs> then another distribution channel, you're getting conflicting messages. Yeah. And so while information is more accessible, um, it's also kind of created a lot of confusion, at least in our industry, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, as, already, as, I, as I've said already, that we were not a very transaction-oriented team to begin with. So we mm -hmm. weren't selling annuities to sell annuities or selling mutual funds to sell mutual funds or stocks or bonds or anything like that. Yeah. Some things have to be sort of brokered in a way, like life insurance, things of that nature. But really on the investment side, we've always been more about investment advisory, gotcha. professionally managing portfolios, and everything that we do day to day within that relationship is done holistically and transparently. Yeah. Uh, but I would say with the with technology and the internet and these conflicting messages, uh, the day of an advisor or a broker doing everything for their clients are gone. You know, I think clients, mm -hmm. for the right reasons, have much higher expectations. Yeah. Not only from the services that they can acquire through an advisor or a team of advisors, uh, but they expect transparency. And I think the regulatory environment has uh, 
gone a long way into ensuring that happens. And I think yeah. that there's a lot of advisors who are kind of stuck in the old mold and they're gonna have a hard time making that transition. Yeah. So I think you'll see uh, a wave of older advisors just retiring. In mm. uh, a lot of cases, that's gonna be great for a team like ours, uh, but you're also gonna see a lot of new advisors come into business. And uh, But I think they'll be joining teams as opposed to being sole producers. Again, gotcha. the idea of a person uh, being able to offer their clients everything is just not there anymore. So yeah. you see advisors building teams out. I see you'll you'll see that continue to happen. Uh, but getting advice, I mean, you can go open an investment advisor relationship with a what they call a robo advisor, and strictly manage a portfolio yeah. created just by an algorithm and it's by a machine. Yeah. So there is no personal contact there. And and but. You know, every time you you put human interaction into those uh, those channels, if you will, whether whether it's you know uh, Charles Schwab or Ameritrade or E-Trade, I think E-Trade was just bought by Morgan Stanley. But the point is, every time that you add human interaction to those relationships, uh, it's going to increase the cost. Yeah. So you're going to have a range of services that people are looking out for. Uh, so typically, you might have someone very young, just starting out of college, and says, "Hey, I need investment advice." Yeah. So let me sign up for the service and I'll pay whatever I'm going to pay. And that's great, but I'm not getting any other advice about their tax planning or gotcha. state planning, insurance planning, retirement planning. And as one goes through life and they enter different stages, so they maybe get married, then they have children, yeah. life becomes more complicated. <laughs> so the advice that they're seeking uh, gets a little bit more uh, nuanced, yeah. um, and that's really where people land with teams like ours, gotcha. who have decades of experience, uh, silos yeah. of expertise, and processes at the processes to take very good care of people. Yeah. And that's where we sort of are in, in our career. Gotcha. And so we, as a family office, we know our families, and yeah. we know their names, we know their children, you know the multi-generations, yeah. and uh, but that's where I, th I see the biggest thing. I think there's going to be a move towards that. And, um, and I think uh, with this new influx of, of uh, incoming um, advisors, uh, yeah. as far as our team, I, I really see our team having a few younger folks on the team. We span from 50 to 58. Okay. So we're gonna be in business for quite some time, but yeah. you know, in terms of the next generation, you know, we need a couple of, I say the smiling 30 year olds and 40 year olds in the <laughs> office. People that have some experience that, but, but but can relate to the kids and grandkids of our clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, so, and before we wrap up, the one thing I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about, because to your credit and, and full disclosure for those who who are listening, um, who know my role within the chamber, um, in 2021 you'll be stepping up as uh, vice chair of membership for the Hampton Roads Chamber and I, I greatly appreciate that as you and I will get a chance to work together pretty closely um, but even before the two of you got uh, two of us got to connect um, you've always been someone who, who gave of your time and, and your talent and, and your resources to to work with throughout the community and can you talk a little bit about um, kind of what was the motivator behind that? I mean, was there someone that you kind of learned from? I mean, how, how did that come about? And, and for those, especially young professionals who are, who are looking to start their careers, what advice do you give as far as how to, how to balance that time, how to give of that community time, and, and how it has helped in, in your success as a professional? Oh, great question. Um, <clears throat> so I could probably answer that in a couple of different ways. Yeah. 
So uh, I was born October the 11th, so I'm a Libra. And by nature, I try to balance things. If you think of what a Libra, uh, the, the symbol for Libra is. Um, but really, so I was fortunate enough to have a mentor that said, you know, Mike, you really do need to go get your certified financial planner designation. Yeah. And when you're advising business owners and their management staff and the families who operate these businesses, you really, you know, it gets kind of complex because your personal interests are really intertwined with your business interests, right? Yeah. So just to be licensed to secure and offer securities uh, was great, yeah. but really from a, from a, from a device standpoint, I, I was searching for a more well-rounded background. Gotcha. So, uh, so this gentleman uh, paid for me to go back to, to get that sort of training. Uh, and I was just so used to staying up really late at night, you know, working. Uh, at that time I was married, that my wife at school too, by the way, she's an ODUer. And uh, so we had uh, a daughter and um, it was uh, do or die in terms of me going back and getting my MBA. Oh, okay. And so I was just sort of a nurse that took over and I was able to go back and start that process in 2001 and uh, finished in 2004. So I got my nice. MBA in finance at uh, ODU. And looking back on it, uh, as an undergraduate, my worst class was finance. You know? <laughs> so I ended up getting my MBA in finance as the world goes uh, complete circles there, right? And, um, but I remember uh, in filling out sort of the application to apply for grad school, and if it, you know, they make you write this essay and where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? And I remember very clearly, I said, well, I said, you know, I'm not going to be about being a well-rounded person. Yeah. You know, most importantly is my family, then it's work, yep. and then it's communities that I care about. Yeah. So even then, at a very young age, I was always about being balanced. You know, interacting with people in different ways, helping people, yeah. whether it's professionally um, or you know, helping my family, obviously, um, and then helping clients and communities that we serve in. So. Um, so regarding the chamber, you know, uh, you know, I've been involved with the chamber now. I think since two thousand and five, I think. So it's been, you know, about oh, wow. yeah. twelve to fifteen years. Uh, and what got me involved with the chamber was my former employer at that time. Uh, uh -huh. They needed someone to interact with the chamber and and do some of the good volunteering work that we all do behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, and it was just something that resonated with me. I mean, I was already working with business owners and entrepreneurs, yeah. Yeah. and I really didn't know the role that the chamber played behind the scenes as an advocate for business owners. I mean, it's the primary reason why it exists. Yeah, is not all business owners can hire their own private lobbyist. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, we kind of pull our funds together, and I think the chamber's done an excellent job advocating for the business community, Hampton Roads. Yeah. Uh, but for me personally. Um, whether it's the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Greater Norfolk Corporation, um, down to Norfolk Council, the United Way, the Business Consortium for Art Support, yeah. uh, the Eggleston Center, you know, everyone in our team gives back in some capacity. Uh, but for me, it's just about, uh, you know, meeting people, doing some good volunteer work, establishing relationships, and sometimes those turn into business ones and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Uh, but it just sort of is an outlet for me to, 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 to do what's in, inside of me, which is to try to help people. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I know it's greatly appreciated by, by myself, by, by the chamber, and for a lot of the, the organizations that you do support throughout the community and for your entire team. Um, so before we wrap up, if, if really, I guess for two reasons. One, if there's, if there's a family or a professional who wants to, to work with you and your team for, for their <coughs> planning, 
Um, and if there are those young professionals, those 30-somethings that are out there that are looking to maybe take that next step in their professional career, what's the best way to contact you? How do they reach out to you? Uh, is there a website they reach out to? Is there, uh, do they just pick up the phone and just call you? How, how do they reach you, you and your team? Any way they want to. <laughs> um, so, so when we opened the CERT corporate office, uh, yeah. our team uh, was sort of uh, brought into the office to be the anchor team. Uh, gotcha. So my role has changed a little bit now. It's not only being the senior partner of our particular team. Uh, so I'm, I'm very active day to day in that regard. Yeah. But uh, you've had the opportunity to walk around the larger parts of the office yep. and there's yep. lots of vacant space here. Yeah. And part of my role is to identify financial advisors, whether they be sole producers or highly functioning teams. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of other folks who might not be happy with their employer and some of the uh, uh, the complexities around uh, what they do for their clients and yeah. they may choose to say, you know what, I think I can take better care of my clients elsewhere. Gotcha. So we're actively recruiting younger advisors, seasoned advisors. Okay. Um, so there's some great space here for uh, advisors to take care of their clients. Gotcha. Again, any way that someone wants to contact us, uh, certainly our my direct dial is 757-807-2841. Okay. 757-807-2841. Uh, if you Google us at Evenkeel Wealth Advisors okay. of Raymond James, our website comes up. Cool. Uh, we're active on LinkedIn and Facebook. We have a team Facebook page. Uh, and individually, so it'd be Mike Fowler, Wayne Creef, and Jen Anders, we have Okay. individual LinkedIn profiles, but Great. all of our content information is available on that platform as well. Okay. And we have a Twitter page as well. So, um, Great. but we're, you know, we're open to having anyone contact us any way that they choose to. Awesome. Thanks awesome. for asking. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Happy holidays for, for those listeners. If, if you're hearing this late, we just celebrated Thanksgiving of 2020. So uh, I hope you and your team have a great holiday. I really appreciate you taking the time during this holiday season to sit down with us and talk to myself and the listeners of Take Talks. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, I enjoy listening to your podcast quite thanks. often. And so thank you for doing that. I yeah. think it gives folks like me a, a great outlet to, to tell their story and appreciate everything that you do at the Chamber and looking forward to working thanks. with you as the membership chair for 2021. And and uh, I think we're going to do great things together. Absolutely. And uh, I will see you soon. Take care.